Welcome to the Jay and Brian Show, the fastest growing real estate finance podcast in America. Today's show is brought to you by My City Lender. Here now, Jay and Brian. Welcome, everybody. Welcome once again to the Jay and Brian Show. Excited to have uh, our listeners on board here. Really excited about our guest today. Chris D'Angelo joins us. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Chris is a uh, product of Desert Vista High School. That's where he started uh, in his track adventures. Graduated from uh, GCU. He was a competitive cross country and track star. I don't know if you were a star at GCU. I star in our book. He's a track star in our book. So yeah, <laughs> to this normal public day, guy, you know? I was yeah normal public guy. I was a track star, but the Division One level, you know, I was a pretty you know average distance awesome. runner. <laughs> but you know, still. Well, it's not every day we have a track star in the studio. So welcome. Thank you. Thank Chris you grew up in a uh, an entrepreneurial family. Um, he is a brand new real estate agent. How, how long ago did you get your license? I officially got my license, um, I want to say on June, oh my gosh, it was probably like month June 5th. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A month and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, six, six to eight weeks two ago. Mo- two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Chris is uh, cutting his teeth in the real estate industry on the vacation rental side of things, so he manages a portfolio of of properties for Rebel Rentals. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, I'm sure Chris is really excited about the the, the new partnership. Uh, Leslie Sunye teaming up with Revely Schaefer to to combine the the uh, the vacation rental business and 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 a traditional real estate business as well to to be able to provide a full range of real estate services. Absolutely, yeah, which is awesome. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Excited again to have you mm-hmm. here, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about how you got started in the real estate business what led you there uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about the vacation rental business as well kind of get a, a feel from your perspective um where the vacation rental market is mm-hmm. um we'll, we'll dive into uh i, I think more um i don't want to use the word philosophical because that's too heavy of a word for our show here that is heavy <laughs> that's way too heavy but, you know talk it's about from, you know chris chris is um chris is is recently graduated from college and he's uh, he's he's building a, a career at this point in real estate and, and building that foundation a solid a solid foundation uh, on which to grow your your uh, your business and you've gotten a lot of experiences so far and I want to I want to hear about the experiences that have led you to this point and uh, and we do we definitely want to hear about some of the more entertaining vacation rental stories that you probably have at this point <laughs> and kind of kind of take it from there so. Um, so, you know, running, running track. I mean, how was yeah. that, 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 it seems like a really great sport. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a definitely a competition amongst not just your teammates, but the other schools that you guys are running against. And definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know, being a cross country runner, um, I started when I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. um, literally it just started as, you know, one day my, my coach was like, you know, my gym coach, he was like, Hey, you'd like to run and you're faster than most people. Do you want to run cross country? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Sure, I guess. You know, I had nothing better to <laughs> okay, do. Okay, why not? I, yeah, I just like beating people, honestly. It was <laughs> it was literally that simple. Um, and so, started out that first year. Um, did pretty well all year. Um, again, how they had that divided was, you know, you just raced against your schools, you know, the other schools, um, you know, practice in the afternoon. Um, and then... Uh, you only race against fifth and sixth graders when you're in those, you know, ages and then seventh and eighth graders race against themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and they kind of change the, you know, uh, distance that you race. And so 
you know, obviously had that whole, you know, middle school was great. Uh, I mean, middle school is where I really found my footing in running. Um, and I felt like I was, you know, at I was, obviously high school and, you know, college running was fantastic and stuff. But when you're from a small school, you know, I was kind of dominating people in, you know, my f- area. Um, See, he was a star. <laughs> yeah um maybe it's a humility thing or something but i can't say that you know for myself um he's, so, he's using words like dominate yes right like right. dominated the I competition was, i was yeah. a star but i don't want to pat myself on the back you know <laughs> but i wasn't a star yeah so like i mean sixth through eighth grade um so i transferred schools after fifth grade mm-hmm. um to a different school um sixth grade seventh grade and eighth grade i didn't lose a conference race um, wow. So won all of those. Um, by the time I was in eighth grade, I'd gotten third in our state, you know, middle school state cross country meet. And then I was a 457 miler um, eighth grade. So that was, you know, I was, you know, definitely better than everybody in that area. But again, it was Cottonwood, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not racing against the big boys in Phoenix um, or anything like that. Um, which not I, yet, right? Yeah, so, right. yeah. Okay. So when it came time to, uh, to look at colleges... We were talking about it earlier, how they, they, there was some pretty high standards at the D1 level for, for runners coming and cross-country people coming out of, out of high school. Tell us, tell us about that. Because you went through Ann Arbor on your way to Arizona, right? Right, yeah. So um, I, was, uh, you know, I lived in Ann Arbor for a couple of years just when I was a young, very young boy before I was seven years old. Oh, okay. And then uh, from there, I moved to Cottonwood, Arizona. And so then from there you know, transferred to Desert Vista High School um, in Phoenix, um, which uh, is easily one of the best, you know, cross-country programs in the state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, Their average placement at a cross-country championship on the men's side is like 2.5. So they're either first or second or third pretty much every year. Um, The off years are the years they get fourth, you know, barely. Um, We still love those guys, you know. Um, But at least when I was there, you know, it was an awesome time. So... Uh, senior year comes around and, you know, you start looking at universities and colleges, you know, mm-hmm. it was a dream to be a division one athlete, just like, you know, any athlete. Sure. Um, and so you kind of just start looking for the right fit. Um, some people were looking, you know, obviously look at more of a smaller, you know, you, you know, place, you know, division two, II, division three, those are some awesome universities. There's great competition as well at those levels. Um, and for me, I also, you know, I looked at some of those as well. Just, I don't know, it was about the fit of the you know, when you're picking your college and your unit, you know, where you're going to school, it's not just about, you know, the name of the school or, you know, where they're at and stuff. It's about all these different factors, sure. you know, yeah. you know, running was a big thing for me. Um, location, you know, uh, the environment and the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some of the, those are some of the things that, you know, drew me very closely to GCU, um, as I made that selection process, mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know, clo- you know, proximity to family, um, I almost walked off, walked on at Colorado State. Um, that was one of the places I really wanted to go. I have an aunt and uncle who live about five minutes from campus. Okay. And so uh, that was a, you know, pretty, uh, that was a pretty attractive location as well. Yeah, that would be a beautiful place to oh, go to yeah. mm-hmm. Big time. So, uh, so, yeah, so that was one place I wanted to go. I thought about it, you know, um, but then GCU kind of was the place that, you know, just called my heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was such a cool it was incredible experience to be a cross country and track athlete at the division one level. Awesome. 
And so uh, you didn't go into real estate right away after you came out of school. What what did you do? Yeah. So what was your degree in, by the way? Yeah. So my degree was in. Uh, I had a bachelor's in business administration. Okay. I had a minor in accounting. Gotcha. And so when I first was getting out of school, um, I met a recruiter um, from Automatic Data Processing Inc. Um, you know, again, their you know main processes and stuff is just to process payroll for you know, really, you know, companies as small as your mom and pa shop on the corner of the street mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, large corporations in America. Um, it just kind of depends on um, what, you know, level of, you know, uh, sector you're in. Mm-hmm. And so I worked for, you know, the guys that were helping out those mom and pa shops just did processing payroll. Um, and I thought it was a good fit. Um, you know, just cause I had this accounting background that, you know, I didn't even want anyway. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the first step and, you know, to me taking the first step was first, you know, I was, I wasn't going to do like, you know, a a simple kind of job. I was mm-hmm. like, I might as well just take a leap. So were you, <laughs> were you hoping that you'd be able to apply some of the business administration background with ADP? Yes and no. Honestly, I mean, the thing about business administration was it was very like, I mean, it was just generic. That's the reason I did okay. it for my mm-hmm. undergrad. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want to have, I want to be able to do anything. I want to be able to go, because really in business administration, they just dabble you in a little marketing, a little accounting, uh, a little okay. finance, a little econ, a little, you know, whatever it is. And so, you know, general business strategy class, stuff like that. And so okay. um, the reason I did it for my undergrad was because, you know, for example, um, you know, if somebody was going to be just a marketing person or for example, like a sports marketing person, there are so few jobs in yeah, that specific, really specific, super right. specific. Right. And so, you know, it's awesome. I would love to work in the sports market, you know, sports marketing department of the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. That'd be cool, you know? Um, but I felt like that was, I felt like I could get that job still being a general business major. Um, and okay. because of all the other reasons that I have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yep. just kind of being broad rather than narrowing myself early. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I started. Um, so then, you know, I worked at ADP for a couple months, um, eight, I want to say, uh, pretty much from graduation in the middle of May until, uh, the middle of February okay. of this year. And, uh, really the story of kind of how I got involved with, my current company, Rebel Rentals and Staysonia Realty, was my roommate. His parents were just looking for a vacation rental here in the Valley. They have a home in Fort Collins. Um, and so they were just looking for a home here in the Valley. And we were out looking with them, just looking. And, uh, you know, their realtor that was there um, was showing them around stuff, Sarah Fye. Um, shout out mm-hmm. to Sarah. She's. <laughs> uh, pretty much, you know, one of my lifelines at Stacey and Rebel. Um, and she recruited me in and pretty much we went to a local Patron to have, you know, have a beer and nice. literally we were just sitting there and I was like, you know, I'm, I started picking her brain. And you were old enough to have beer at that point. Yeah. Yes, that was yes. okay. All right. Yeah. So yes. that's another thing for the record. Uh, Chris, you are how old? You're 20. Uh, I'm 23 years old. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. So you were of age. Yes. Okay. I was so 22 at the carry time. On, okay. I was 22 at the time. Right. And so, yeah, I'm just sitting there at lunch. Um, we're waiting for my roommate's parents to come back um, and meet us at this restaurant. And it's me, my two roommates, and Sarah, who's a realtor. And I'm, you know, I just start picking our brain. I'm like, you know, gosh, I, I am not happy with where I'm at. And you know, I've always wanted to be. And like, I think the real estate industry is so cool. You know what? 
like what advice do you have for a 22 year old kid who doesn't know <laughs> nothing about it you know and she literally just turns to me and goes yeah we're hiring like right now <laughs> <laughs> that's great and i was like Oh, okay. 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 I was like, all right, sweet. Um, that sounds fantastic. And so then I got connected with her husband, Matt. Um, and, uh, you know, they were gracious enough to bring me on, um, onto the team at rebel rentals and, uh, you know, help me out through, you know, my real estate courses and classes and stuff. Um, and you know, but back up a little bit. So you, you, you come on board, but they throw you right into the, the vacation rental business, mm -hmm. right? So yep. did they immediately throw a portfolio of, of properties for you to manage or how, how quickly did that come about? Yeah. So, um, when I first started, uh, again, I was going through overnight classes for real estate school so I right. could start working, okay. um, oh learning gosh. the business and mm -hmm. things. And so, uh, so you're doing that while you're working. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. At it's, ADP. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, not at ADP. Oh, okay. so okay. I put in my two weeks notice at ADP. Then I went to, uh, rebel rentals and okay. I started doing rebel rentals and then overnight I was doing classes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. gotcha. Yep. Okay. And so, so still a full schedule, full day. Yeah, totally. Okay. Oh, yeah. All Big right. time. And so, you, you know, you can do that cause you're young. Right. Yeah. Oh, like okay. realistically, you know, my days off on the week were just school. There's school days, you know, and I just grind school as much as I could. Um, but pretty much, yeah, I got thrown in, you know, Matt didn't give me my own specific homes that were assigned to me right away. Okay. You know, he wants to make sure that I'm not going to like quit after a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the first week, it's uh, probably a fairly high turnover type of role. Yeah. And managing. Uh, I mean, Kinda. It's kind of been really, it's really been interesting to kind of experience that. And so, um, I'll touch on that for sure. Okay, sure. So, uh, when I first started, uh, you know, a weekend, I was pretty much on my own. So, you know, a lot of the work that I do is just alone. Like I'm just driving from, you know, location to location to, you know, check on my homes, manage them, you know, facilitate people coming to the homes, you know, stuff like that, whatever it is, greeting guests. Chris has offered to take me along on one of these rides. This sounds point. like a blast. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take Hey, I'm happy the, to be the, the guy in the back I, seat. I, so I, I told like, him I'll, I'll even that. bring a video camera. We'll make some kind of fun, some, some video out of that. Absolutely. You guys are both invited. It'd be a lot of fun. I'll, <laughs> take, you, lot of I'll fun. take you to some of our best homes for <laughs> yeah, sure. We could bring a camera. Chris, yeah. uh, can we try out this water slide? Make sure it's Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so then I, when I finally got, you know, my properties where they were, okay, you know, Chris, you're the owner liaison of this home. Mm -hmm. And so now you're the one that's communicating with the owner directly. You are the one that's communicating with the guest directly. And you're the middleman between those two. And also in between those two things, you're managing the home, making sure things are up to par and standard, um, taking care of the home, you know, et cetera. So do you have to have a real estate license to manage these rentals? Yes. Okay. So, um, so when, cause I, when I was in the process of getting licensed, you know, again, I was kind of operating under my boss's you know, license. Okay. Um, and okay. so then there was, it was a little bit of a different process. And so that's why, you know, they require us to get licensed, you mm -hmm. know, to make sure that we're compliant with that stuff. They say, okay, well, we can't just have some random person walking around, you know, really doing all these things for these homes. And so that's gotcha. why, you know, that's kind of what that process was like. Okay. Cause you're held to a higher standard. Right? Exactly. Okay. Right. There's okay. certain things that a real estate agent has to be, um, you know, or, or even a property manager has to, you know, you have to be bound by, you know, certain fiduciary duties, um, to your clients, to your homeowners, um, you know, that 
that's not always the case in every transaction. And even the, the tenants, yeah. even the, cause they're short-term tenants, but they're still tenants. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so those tenants, you know, I have to be able to provide certain things specifically for them. You know, for example, in Arizona happens all the time, you know, not all the time, I guess, but it happens every now and then, you know, an AC goes out and, you know, I can't just say, all right, well, you know, sucks. <laughs> that's all, that, you know, good luck. Yeah. You know, I can't yeah. say that it's Phoenix, Arizona and, you know, August now, um, you know, somebody, you know, that's bad. So, you know, you got to work on it, you know, you got to go through the, you know, process. Of, so would you have to find somebody like temporary living situation in that oh, case? Yeah. 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 I've done like that we're putting you times. up in a hotel or oh, extended stay. Never, yeah. never put them in the hotel or put them in another house of ours. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Find them, you know, and so that's, that's a fun process. Wow. Honestly. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I've, you know, a guest calls me, they're like, you know, what? we don't want to stay in this house, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, you know, certain reasons. Okay. Well, let me look at some options and see what I got available, you know, during the summertime. No kidding. I swear. Yeah. So during the summertime, you know, there's quite, uh, more, there's way more, you know, again, my home, my company manages a total of like 185 homes in, in the Valley, Holy in Cottonwood, wow. Sedona, Flagstaff. So that's kind of where we operate. Okay. Um, that's a lot. How many was it, you say? Around 185. 185. Wow. Yeah. So closer to like 150 to 160, I think in the Valley okay. and the rest are in those other places. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I've had tons of times where, you know, guests, Hey, this is going on. And you know, Hey, okay, well, let me send you some options. You know, the summertime, there's all, not all of our homes are booked on a weekend, so I could send them an option wow. or two. But, you know, December rolls around, every house is booked, you know, I'm gonna have a different, you know, situation. And, and you get a whole range of clientele, right? So you get everything from young groups who are in town to just party, and then, you know, the older couples who are visiting Arizona just to get out of the, what? the winter. What? People the, party you know, get out of the, the <laughs> Get out of the Cleveland winters or, or Man. Right. I mean, you've seen a whole... Yeah, I've seen place. everything. I've seen everything um, in regards to uh, what type of clientele I get. And so, you know, the ma the homes that I uh, look over specifically, um, you know, again, there's a couple of people, there's multiple people that are in my same exact role at Rebel Rentals and mm -hmm. Saisonnier. Um, and so my area that I kind of manage is Moon Valley, um, which again... If, Jay, I don't know if you're familiar with where Moon Valley is. Yes. Um, and then I manage two homes that are in just like technically like kind of central Phoenix area. Okay. Um, just north of Bethany Home. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I manage about six to eight that are in North Scottsdale. Okay. So it's a pretty wide yeah. range. Yep. Okay. Now you were telling us about one of the properties that has huge, I've, actually I've seen the pictures of it, just a gigantic, awesome resort backyard. It's got like putting green and all these different things going on. Is that under your care or is that a... So another? the one that I showed you, uh, that is one that's under my care, awesome. um, which is, you know, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun to have the cool houses, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I get lucky North Scottsdale, uh, also has just beautiful homes and, uh, really well, just, they're just well done. Um, well put together, well maintained. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, shout out to all of my rebel rentals, you know, cleaners and, you know, company, you know, they all do such an awesome job at maintaining their homes. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a personal bias though. I think Moon Valley and North Scottsdale are the best, you know, areas. Okay. To be yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and we get really good clientele there too. So during the, you know, busy seasons of the year, um, you know, in regards to, you know, how expensive it is to stay at a house, you know, one of these houses, for example, one of our homes that we manage in North Scottsdale, it's got, uh, 
eight hole putt putt golf course in the backyard. Oh, oh wow. How and cool. it's probably got about 40 palm trees. Uh, and it's got a oh resort style gosh. pool. Yeah. So it looks like a resort. Yep. It's, it's a resort. Um, wow. and so that home, I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, the owners are awesome. They're really great, you know, nice people. And, uh, so homes like that, you know, you're, you know, for a bachelor party they're you know, it's, it's going to be tough for, you know, a bunch of 23 <laughs> year old girls who are just, you know, got out of college or even 23 year old guys, you know, um, to be able to, you know, afford that. Um, so the clientele is different in North Scottsdale as compared to old town, sure. um, Tempe, yeah, you know, yep. you're getting a little bit of a different clientele there. Yeah. Um, you're getting more of that kind of scene, I think. Um, but so as a, as a rental manager, what's the, the most difficult situation you found yourself in terms of having to deal with for, for a guest <laughs> or the property? Ooh, <clears throat> wow. Well, um, you know, <laughs> he's like, where do I start? Yeah. Well, I've got a lot, honestly, I've got plenty of stories. Um, but one that I guess one that I'm kind of working on right now. Uh, so my family friends, um, their vacation rental has uh, struggled lately with some, you know, plumbing issues. Um, and, uh, so it's been a whole hot mess of getting, uh, again, Sarah was the realtor, um, on that deal, um, involving her, uh, involving everybody in our company, mm-hmm. in our operations side, um, you know, just figuring it out and taking care of it. But, you know, I don't want to give too many details on that <laughs> stuff, but it's With plumbing it's, problems. Yeah. That's, that's okay. as far, that's as far as I guess I'm comfortable. Well, with what's saying. the craziest <laughs> thing you've seen? <laughs> managing the properties or dealing with the, the, the guests. What's, what's the, um, well, I'll tell you a fun story. So, um, a couple of literally it's probably like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Um, you know, I'm stopping by a house. It's probably, uh, 8 30 PM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after around, so again, check-in time for all of our properties, four o'clock. So I can do a couple of rounds of checking in on my guests saying, Hey, how you doing guys? You know, I'm a licensed realtor, you know, just being a, you know, communicating with them, making sure they have everything they need at their, at these homes. Um, you know, after a certain time, it's kind of like, okay, it's starting to get a little late. I'm going to leave these people to be, you know, to enjoy their space that they've paid, you know, a lot of good money for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one house, um, I was stopping by late. And so I texted them beforehand. I was like, Hey man, do you guys like beer? He's like, I was like, what kind of beer? You know, what, what do you want? And they're like, Corona's man. So I was like, all right, cool. So I brought them some Corona's. And they're like, what Dude. A guy. yeah, right. And again, they were 21, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, so they're like, hey, Chris, dude, come on in. And so then, you know, I walk in and you know, there's about just 15 people, you know, again, wasn't crazy or anything. And they're like, hey, it's the Airbnb guy. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. And they're like, dude, do you want a shot? And I was like, I mean, don't tell my boss, but yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and so that was, it was literally such a funny experience. It was like, wow, you know, I've never had that, that never is had tremendous. that situation happen before, but it was, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was cool to just, you know, meet my guests and, you know, kind of communicate and, you know, connect with them, um, and, which is cool. And you were telling me you get some wacky requests sometimes from the guests. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. I mean, you know, uh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> and in regards to wacky, you know, sometimes I'll get like, uh, you know, I'll get some unrealistic expectations too. You know, for okay. example, I'll get somebody who's like, um, uh, one thing that we get during the monsoon season a lot is, you know, we have, uh, you know, there's a lot of wind, there's a lot of dust, you know, leaves get into the pool. And they're like, the pool is disgusting. 
I'm like, there's like nine leaves in the pool. Like, lady, I need you to hold off on that, like that, uh, that judgment there. Like, there's, there's a little That's pool in that. Crazy. Yeah, but you know, again, I also understand. You know, somebody's paying, you know, twelve hundred bucks a night. They want it to be perfect. I get it. Yeah. So, you know, I do what I can to try and accommodate yeah. them. But at the same time, I'm also like, hey, you know, you could. Uh, just think there's a little that yourself. You yeah, know? I just think there's a little bit difference of opinion on some of those things. But yeah. again, that's just the interaction between guests. You know, every guest that comes into town, whether they're spending, you know, a hundred bucks a night or, you know, busy season of the year, it's going to be, you know, 5,000 bucks a night easy mm-hmm. for some of our homes. Um, you know, depending, doesn't matter. You know, they expect the property to be in X condition yeah. and it just depends on the person. So, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, it's great, man. I've got so many fun stories from, you know, the property management work. <laughs> what's yeah. the, uh, what's the, the funniest thing that has been left behind? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So that guest that invited me in that I brought Coronas to, um, they left a promise ring. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, you know, he, he calls me up. He's like, you know, I have his phone number saved now. Was it left on accident or on purpose? (laughs) I want to say it was on accident because he asked me to send it back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And so he calls me up. Hey, Chris, you know, man, how you doing? Look, like, I think my friend forgot her like promise ring. It's got a big old diamond in the middle. Can you just find it for us? Is it (laughs) there? And you know, luckily we found it. I sent it back to them, you know, but that happens all the time. I have to send stuff back to guests, you know, books, um, you know, small things, you know, just, you know, random depends kind of on the situation, but honestly, a promise ring, that was probably the craziest thing I, <laughs> that somebody left behind. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like, I mean, it's kind of expensive looking, but you know, but that's great that you, you take the time to, to get those things back to the guests. I mean, it's part of offering the the yeah, full service for, totally. for the guests. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, our company <clears throat> name used to be platinum, experience the platinum experience okay and the reason that it was kind of about that was because we provide that next level of service we're not just hey here's your crappy airbnb it is what it is you paid your money don't talk to us don't bother us kind of thing you know we care about our guests um we take care of our owners um best we can um you know i think everybody in our company and organization is really um committed to that it sounds like you guys do and it i mean what i'm hearing is if you're amazing you're an owner or an investor in a vacation rental you don't want to manage it yourself Uh, yeah i'm I'm (laughs) catching that too (laughs) and that you'd want to hire chris to manage it definitely yeah definitely you know look us up on you know www.rebelrentals.com um we've got some awesome you know uh new homes that we're onboarding and you know awesome. we are we will happily take more so if you're an investor in this market you're you're either own a vacation rental or you're thinking about owning a vacation rental like what uh, what parts of the valley are the most attractive at this point absolutely yeah so um in the valley number one without even a question is old town you're going to find the best homes. Um, you're going to find the, you're going to get the best money in old town Scottsdale. Um, because you got to number one, you're booked year round. Cause you know, it's you know, Scottsdale. Going, yeah, it's Scottsdale. Um, number two is North Scottsdale. So North Scottsdale, you know, again, you get a little different clientele there just in general. Um, doesn't mean it's exclusive to that or anything. Um, but again, North Scottsdale is number mm-hmm. two. Number three, we're looking at like uh, paradise Valley and Arcadia. Um, so that area has definitely grown significantly. You know, the Paradise Valley vacation rental, you know, some of the homes we have in Paradise Valley, like one of them has a lazy river 
Oh, oh nice. man. A lazy <laughs> so man. So we can go see this one? Yeah. Okay. I, I think we can. It'd be awesome. That house, you know, again, that house has some, it's just incredible. You know, the owner's just flying. They go, yeah, I'm just going to fly in on my jet. <laughs> you know, so no, I'm going to stay for a night. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to hang for a night. Float in the river and Why not? get yeah. back on my jet. Exactly. And I'm like, That's you know, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I, well, I mean, it's on one that. of the, it's one of the great perks of being an investor in vacation rentals is you have second homes everywhere. Exactly. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah, literally. That are, I mean, that are cash flowing, that are generating income for, for sure. You. Yeah, you know, you spend, you know, a good amount of money, you know, getting it up to par, and you know, things like that. And then, yeah. for ninety eight percent of the year, you're not at that house. You're at your own house, you mm-hmm. know. And then for two percent of the year, you can go and enjoy that house, and you know, you already, you know, you're already paying the mortgage. But then the rest of the year, it's just churning and burning. And mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about um, Rebel Rentals and Stay Sonier. We are a full service. So we will help you find your home. We will help you market your home. We will help you design your home. Then we'll help you manage your home from start to finish. And, you know, the spectrum of owners that we, you know. Leslie has a design background, right? Yep. Yeah. So Leslie has a design background. And, you know, now, so our director of onboarding, his name is Jeff. He heads a team of about 10 or 12 designers. Mm -hmm. And so some of the cool things, you know, they're doing some crazy things, you know, with some of these homes. Um, and incredible designs. Um, for example, last weekend, uh, last week on Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah, it was Wednesday. Um, they did such a cool. They converted a three car garage into a, like it was literally just like a jungle. Like that's how I felt when I walked in. It's got they had like you know huge paintings on the walls, and they had you know they had shrubbery everywhere, and they they just had like they totally took it to the next level in regards to. Um, you know, trying to design a cool theme. Um, tomorrow we have another grand reveal, um, a home that has, you know, a beach volleyball court. It's got a full, it's got a sport, a regular sport court, half court. Um, it's got batting cages. It's got, you know, putting green. It's got, it's the works. Um, and that's in North Scottsdale. So, you know, again, they just keep doing cooler and cooler things. They're doing one design that they're doing. (laughs) They're doing a splash pad. Do you know what that is? Oh yeah. 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 Like one of those little, we have kids. We know. Right. 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 (laughs) So, uh, I think the, is it, have you guys ever been to Kiwanis park? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Kiwanis Park has that new splash pad um, out kind of oh, like cool. by the lake over there. But um, but it's just kind of cool. I'm like, you're doing what in a vacation rental? Like a splash pad, you know? Um, That's cool. Uh, it's perfect for big families getting together. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, my our team is just getting so creative with going from start to finish in regards to getting a home, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go and um you know on the market um but then also just doing something so unique and cool you know vacation rentals are becoming a really uh a really common you know investment for people people are starting to catch on oh wow that sounds like a really cool idea so i have a question for you it's actually it's a call-in question he's not on the line right now but Mm -hmm. when i told him i was doing this show he's like oh ask him about Queen Creek Mesa, where the legacy sports complex has gone in mm-hmm. this giant, huge mega sports complex with soccer fields and baseball fields and basketball courts and tennis courts and mm-hmm. cheerleading competitions, people coming in from all over the country to use this space. Are you guys, I just would love to get your opinion on that area of the Valley. If that's an opportunity. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So, um, I did do, uh, you know, I did a little, little note taking and some research before I came. I just okay. wanted to run some numbers by you. So, um, these are some of the stats for, again, Valley stats provided by Shane Sawyer at Greystone title. Awesome. We love Shane. Love Shane. Thanks, um, Shane. and, uh, so this, these are from his reports. 
um, that he sends out. He sends out Valley Stat reports yep. every Monday. And so the first one I ever got was on June 27th. And the most recent one I got was from this Monday, the 8th. And so... He does a weekly video report now. Yep. Just FYI. Yeah, I love you it. haven't seen that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So anybody out there that's looking to, uh, for the vacation rental industry, um, just want to kind of hear about, you know, not even the vacation rental industry, just the real estate market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great place to start and like start to see some of the numbers. Awesome. Um, but over the last six weeks in Mesa, inventory on a single family residence has gone from 624 homes to 969 homes, a 55% increase. Okay. The prices of homes in Mesa has gone from $550,000. Again, this is median price mm-hmm. to $524,000. Okay. Just so under back a, a little bit. Yep. Just under a 5% decrease. And so what do you guys attribute to that? Well, definitely interest rates, you know, again, you guys, you know, on the lending side, I'm sure you guys oh, yeah. have seen that for sure. You know, yep. it's slowing down the market quite a bit. Um, okay. And it's kind of just giving, you know, buyers some of that foothold again, um, regular buyers, because investor buyers, they just got cash on hand. They, right. You know, they, they don't care about the rates. Yeah. They'll pull their yeah. cash out any, you know, any second, you know, any day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people that are actually, you know, wanting to stay and live in these homes, those are the ones that are affected by, you know, the interest rate, you know, changes pretty mm-hmm. drastically. Um, but I mean, I guess you guys also, you guys might have a little bit of a different perspective on that too. What do you guys think kind of you could attribute that to? Well, I definitely think rates have had it's, a, had an impact. I mean, it's, oh, for it's, sure. it's, it's more complicated than that, right? I mean, home value has been going up so fast for, for quite a while now. So affordability is a little bit of an issue, especially for, you know, single families and individuals, but, um, and that all contributes to it. I mean, there's a bit of, a bit of good news that came out. So the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, Fannie, Freddie, they released their their periodic uh, rate forecast. And uh, their, the, the average forecast is actually for rates to, they pretty much plateaued. And there's an expectation that by the end of 2023, rates might actually come down a little bit, but pretty much remain stable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll, we'll, my, my thought is that we'll get to a point where uh, where inventory reaches a certain level and rates have kind of stayed where they've been at for a while and people will be a little less freaked out by what's going on with rates and they'll see a lot more inventory and you hopefully have a lot more families and individuals coming out going, okay, I can I can take my time and find the right home now. The, you know, the values are, are still you know kind of up here, but but I can take my time and I can find the right home. Sellers can have a little bit more confidence that when they're ready to trade, that they can they can sell their home and, and not have to be scrambling to find a home that might be okay. I mean, that's kind of my right. take yep. on it. Yep. <clears throat> right, definitely. Yeah, and so, um, you know, really Mesa, you know, going piggybacking back to Mesa, mm-hmm. you know, Mesa is such a, when, you know, we talk about the best places to find a vacation rental, Mesa is the best value right now. Because you look over at Bell Bank Park again, I uh, I played oh, in men's yeah, league yeah, yeah, at yeah. Bell Bank Park way out there with you know twenty basketball courts, thirty volleyball courts, you know thirty six soccer fields, yep. um, just like it's nuts, massive, it's huge, um, and you look around, there's no not really very many hotels, um, so the vacation right. rentals out in that area are just booming. Um, so the East Valley, you know, that's where a lot of you know. Again, my company doesn't operate in the West Valley. The okay. furthest, the the furthest uh, west that we go is Seventh Ave. Okay, and we only have two homes at Seventh Ave, and then everything else is North Scottsdale. You know, within the one hundred and one out mm-hmm. there, and then you know, obviously within the two hundred and two loop out here in Mesa. Okay, um, we've really been growing in the East Valley, it's just like like a weed. It's just like <laughs> so much, like. 
um, you know, really it's a, an excellent place. It's more affordable than your North Scottsdale. I mean, North Scottsdale or even Old Town, hmm. minimum, you're probably going to be spending $900,000. You know, that's a lot of money it for is. a vacation rental. I mean, you yeah. got to have 20 to 25% to put down on that anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at, that's, you know, just do the math, you know, you're looking at $200,000 down. Like, you know, not every you know person in the world's got $200,000. You know, it's hard to come by just cash in your hand. And so, um, places like Mesa, you know, like I said, what's that number? Median, median list price, $524,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to do a little bit of a, you know, different yep. conversation, a different number. So it's just, you know, that's definitely where the best value is right now, which is really cool. Okay. So as far as you know, have you seen any areas around town that are not friendly toward vacation rentals? Oh, yes. Ooh, good question. <laughs> yes, like for sure. Question. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, North Scottsdale, uh, people live in North Scottsdale to not live in Old Town. They said, I have, you know, the ability to afford a home um, that is not in the middle of all the parties, you know, and the partying of Old Town's, you know, the vibe of Old Town. And so I'm going to live in, you know, North Scottsdale. And, you know, they, you know, unfortunately, another person moves in next door. They, you know, sign for a vacation rental. And then, you know, they got a party right next door, which is, you know, the problem. Um, And so uh, definitely HOAs. A lot of HOAs, there's some certain law that's kind of been passed. Um, You know, I believe Doug Ducey actually passed some law about, short-term rentals and how they're allowed or HOAs and how they're not allowed to, you know, per se, maybe limit a short-term rental, um, depending on certain, certain verbiage that they have, um, you know, prior to somebody, you know, signing on and, you know, living there. Um, but there's plenty of neighborhoods that, you know, yeah, I, I think where they it, buy it and then they turn it into a vacation rental. Yep. So there's no, you know, nobody would know. Well, I think the, the lock, the law, it kind of went after HOAs that had zero language about short-term rentals or, or you know, that type of use of it at the time that, that the people purchased the home. Mm-hmm. There are some HOAs that um, have some verbiage in it, like like this could be amended at some point to exclude this type of use or something like that. They're, I think, exempt from that law. I might be wrong. If yep. anybody out there knows better, please let us know. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's right. But they did. They were they're They're clamping down on HOAs preventing that type of usage right yeah because you know again it's at the end of the day you know at certain points you know there's we have to respect you know the the homeowners association the group you know the people that have all decided to live in this small coin neighborhood and then you got this one dude you know who's throwing a you know fat party but he's not even throwing parties yeah. it's you know guests that are just coming there and he's yep. just using it as an income you know earning asset um and so uh you know, but then on the other side, you know, it's his own house. He can do whatever he wants. You know, if he was living in that house and he wanted to throw a party every night, I, you know, I mean, I guess he could, unless there's some yeah. verbiage in the HOA that says you're not allowed to do that. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of one of those weird, you know, fine line things. And the short-term rental industry is, you know, evolving still, you know, you know, the relationship with Airbnb and VRBO and all these different, you know, third-party companies, um, you know, the homeowners, the neighbors, homeowners associations, um, it's all, you know, guests, it's all just this mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we're still figuring it all out, sure. you know? Yeah. So Chris, you're young. Where are you on your personal real estate journey? Yeah. So, um, I actually, uh, did close my first real estate deal, um, on July 27th. Awesome. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was, uh, 
you know, it was a home out in Goodyear um, for my parents. Um, and so shout out to Steve and Kim. Um, <laughs> nice. Just have to let them know. I love them a lot. Um, and uh, it was really an, an excellent experience. Um, you know, again, it was my first deal ever. And so I got to, you know, have that uh, just, you know, you go through school and they teach you, okay, here are the things that you're going to see just so you know, and there, you know, obviously the Arizona School of Real Estate and Business, they did such a good job with their education. Even mm -hmm. I did it online. I wish I would have done the nine day crash course. Um, but overall, it was such a good experience um, to go through the schooling, but it wasn't like the actual doing it, you know? Right. And right. so, you know, having the chance to go through it and, you know, again, I didn't really have to sell myself to my parents, you know, yeah, yeah. I have to be like, Hey, I'm the guy you can trust. You know, they, of course <laughs> they could trust me, you know, um, it's kind of different. So, you know, especially as them being entrepreneurs and, you know, they kind of brought me and raised me up in that way, you know, of being an entrepreneur, it was mm -hmm. a really cool and unique experience to be able to be a professional and kind of be equals with them. You know what That's I mean? Cool. Even though they were my client, you yeah. know, and I'm going to protect their needs and stuff. It was a very flip of the script because you know for all of life you know they're the ones that are protecting me it's, it's, it's still mom and dad allowing you to work with them in a professional capacity right. which is awesome that's yeah. that's that's great it was a really cool experience yeah. um i loved every second of it and i learned so many things just from again it was you know about a month yeah. you know 32 days or so of um you know uh escrow and you know just going through that process you know, i you know i called you know you mentioned Revly earlier i called Revly pretty much every single day just to be like hey what do i do here i don't know what to do you know and she's like okay just relax it's all good you know this is what you're gonna do and you know she's so you know i have a lot of help um sarah um helped me write my first contract uh, that's awesome. You know, we just sat in a bar. We just sat in a cold beers and cheeseburgers and just wrote a real estate contract, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, that was such a cool, that was a cool experience. And then having Reveille there as well, she just like, you know, had, you know, her, had her hand over me and helped me out that's with that. That's so awesome. You know? It was, it was really cool to have those experienced people, mm -hmm. um, you know, take a, you know, young, young guy like me just under their wing and, you know, Hey, let me help you. See, that's awesome. You, you recognize the, the opportunity and, in, in learning from, from people that have a little bit more experience than you and trying new things and getting new experiences. One of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the show is because you are young, you're, you're recently out of college, you've just gotten your real estate degree. But uh, Chris and I had lunch last week, or it was a week before last, and uh, had a great conversation about, um, about setting a proper foundation for yourself as you're getting started. And I know Chris definitely sees real estate as a, as a great opportunity for, for building his own wealth over time, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I felt like, Chris, you were really in tune with this idea of, of thinking in terms of assets and uh, instead of liabilities, um, managing your money carefully, not running out to you know buy that BMW uh, because now you're out of school and you think you should be driving a BMW kind of thing. And, and um, it, it got me really thinking because at the time that we had that lunch, I had just picked up uh, a new book that I'm, that I'm reading now called Solid Ground, and it was written by T.W. Lewis. Who, as we all know, is is um, a very very successful uh, residential developer. And uh, what's neat about this book is it, it it takes you through his entire experience, his entire progression. But he's really talking to eighteen year olds in this book. What you need to know about about faith, family, and hard work, and and building the proper foundation for your life, and not being afraid of a lot of different experiences and and. 
uh, trying things and failing and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I um, you know, tell us about your your thoughts when it comes to, you know, talk to the younger people in our audience um, about, you know, getting started in real estate or getting started in your your you know, business and, and the type of um, experiences you've had so far, maybe failures and um and, and that kind of thing. Tell, tell yeah. us. Yeah, totally. So, so here, let me interrupt you really quick. Go ahead. One thing I've already observed about you, Chris, is that I think a lot of where your grit maybe comes from is being a long distance runner. Oh, definitely. And so that I think that, you know, it's like the, the challenge that, you know, I kudos that's to a, you that's, because that's I think you. you have that grit and that's it's probably where it, it came from it was just time. you know seeing your parents watching your parents go through entrepreneurism and mm-hmm. you know having their own shop and store and all of that and then you know getting into long distance running i'm sure that was a, a a big big contributing factor to you know having the grit and the patience to be able to persevere through you know, even a, the beginning of a real estate career. Totally. So kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the finish line is the end, right? But it's the journey. Yeah. You know, there, oh, yeah. to get there. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, definitely in regards to, you know, being a distance runner. Um, uh, I was actually talking to Reveille about this this morning. Uh, you know, you don't get any results as a distance runner unless you work for months, for years beforehand. You could stack training block on training block on training block mm-hmm. just for one race, for one day um, in cross country. Your training block starts pretty much June 1st. So yeah. you discovered... And you just, it's you, as much in your head as it is in your, in your body. Mindset, oh, right? it's yeah. more. Maybe more so It's in your more head. in your head. You battle your own self. Um, I battled and held back myself plenty of times um, because of where I was at mentally even though physically I was ready to rock and roll, but mentally, you know, maybe I'm down and out and vice versa too. There's been times where I was physically not there, but mentally there was nothing that was going to hold me back from, you know, certain um, days where I was on the starting line. I was like, yeah, none of these guys are going to beat me today. You know, you just kind (laughs) of look around you're like, yeah, there's no chance. Um, But then physically I wasn't, you know, the most gifted, you know, for example, that there's one race that I just recall. I was, you know, I don't know if I'd say going through some stuff, but I was just like, you know, I was hungry, so hungry. I felt like a tiger on the starting line. And I was like, <laughs> none of these guys are going to beat me today. There's no chance. And nobody did in that race, you know, but a guy that's in that, that was in that race, he just transferred to his grad graduate, tra- you know, year at Tennessee. He's a four, four minute miler. And I mean, if you remember, I, got, I, yeah, I only got to, you know, be a four, 23 miler so again i was i did six and a half in eighth grade and that was my that was my peak (laughs) yeah so you know being a you know again the mentality of being a distance runner um the preparation is so important and it was really important for me you know as i've gone through all this stuff i was you know like i was saying speaking with reverly i was like you don't get those results in november from a cross-country race until you unless you do june right july august september october you do all those right well at some point you discovered you had some talent when it came to running like, mm-hmm. like you were generally maybe faster than your friends girl when you were younger right so you figured i have this talent but you realized that you really still had to work very hard at it for sure and yeah. commit to it like it's a long-term process to be really successful at it, even though you have some natural ability there right definitely um and i think a lot of that also comes from my parents you know mm-hmm. um it's a combination you know i had parents who worked their tail off um you know they still work their their butt off um you know to 
you know, grow and thrive a business, um, you know, in the Verde Valley. They do an awesome job of it. Um, so kind of having that background and then getting into distance running, you know, I was I, I was all talent for, you know, a little bit fifth grade and sixth grade rolls around. And, you know, that's when it started where it's like, OK, I see I have to I have to run really hard. And then sophomore year high school rolls around where I transferred to Desert Vista. And, you know, I came from this small town and I was the big dog. And then I came to a big, you know, you know, the big, the the big metro boy city. Yeah, yep, exactly. And, you know, I'll never forget. I walked up on my first day of practice and there's 60 dudes doing warm up drills. And I was like, <laughs> holy crap, you know, that's yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> I was, and yeah, I was really nervous. You know, I was a little sophomore. Intimidating. Just, yeah, for sure. And. Um, you know, at first I made a little bit of enemies because I was like, I'm just going to hammer, you know, and go as hard as I can on everything. And they're like, dude, what are you doing, man? You know? Um, but you know, some of those guys have turned into some of my lifelong friends. Um, that's great. And so, you know, the process of being a distance runner and just the discipline of saying, okay, I'm not going to see what I'm looking for for months. And another thing that, um, I don't know if you guys know who Tim Grover is. Um, he was actually the athletic physical trainer for Michael Jordan, for Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I want to say Charles Barkley as well. Um, so a lot of big names. And he talks about, obviously, there's the physical things, but the mentality of a winner and a champion, um, how they can literally, uh, if you guys have seen The Last Dance, you would also see this as well. Literally, he can just flip the switch and turn into a, you know, a, you know, animal you know, and turn into like being hungry for something. And it's like, whoa, it's like, it's a mental thing, not even a physical thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael Jordan, he's not the highest jumper. You know, he did have some crazy, you know, athletic abilities and stuff. Let's be honest. I mean, the dude could, (laughs) you know, the dude could jump. He's a jump man. Um, But, you know, it was like fear. He just made, he scared people. You know, you talk to some of his teammates in that documentary, they're like, yeah, I was scared of Michael Jordan. You're like, how, man? He's just a person, you know, but that's, you know. I mean, a lot of it is, is people knew how hard they were working at it like, mm-hmm. and they were intimidated by the fact that they were not probably working on it yeah. as hard as those guys were. Right. As much as Michael Jordan was, you know, you know, that was kind of the coolest thing about the last dance. I definitely recommend any athlete, mm-hmm. any person that just wants to get fired up about something, watch that documentary. Cause you'll just, you'll under, you'll see what, I, what I mean. Like he can just flip a switch, mm-hmm. um, and mentally go from being totally, calm and relaxed to being on the hunt is kind of the weird way to put it. I know it's a weird way to put it, but like literally that's the only way I know how to, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that definitely attributed into my real estate career, you know, a long process, a couple of months for me to get my license to get, um, you know, actually licensed and into my first deal and done with my first deal. Uh, you know, a couple of days after I got my license, I was in another continuing education course. My dad was like, Chris, why are you in a continuing education course? You just got your license, man. Aren't you supposed to be good to go? And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I think you do understand, but I don't think you understand. Like, I'm going to put as much work as I can. And yep. I've got, you know, you said it earlier, I'm in my, tw- I'm 23 years old. I got all the energy in the world that I need um, to, uh, you know, pursue those things that and dreams that I have for myself um, and the vision. So do you find that hard to keep your head in that mental long game that you need to stay yeah. in? Oh, absolutely. It's hard to stay in it. Oh, very, very much so. Because you know? we're in this, but, you know, society of like instant gratification and, you know, order it and get it today, maybe tomorrow, you know? Right. So, so I mean, hard. like expanding on your, your um, track experience. So you come out of school 
you're starting your real estate career, but you, in our conversation that we had last week, you were talking about, um, you know, financial responsibility and, and seeing the long-term picture of building your wealth and assets versus liabilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk to the young people in the, in the audience about that. I, For sure. Know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have parents who taught me about that stuff. You know, um, Robert Kiyosaki wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, most famous personal great, finance. Great book. You know, most famous finance book, you know, in, you know, personal lives ever, probably, um, you know, so far, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, read that book and really he started to open my eyes a little bit on like, you know, just how you see your money. You know, it's not, um, you know, how you, how you think about it, what it really does for you, how you can, you know, not live paycheck to paycheck. Cause you know, it's, you know, a lot of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They just live on, okay, well, here's the amount of money that I just got in. And so that means I can spend all of that money on something. Right. And they don't have, you know, an entrepreneur parent, you know, parents, you know, I had a mom and dad who were, you know, again, I'm so blessed to have those two people who mm-hmm. just dove into me like Chris, here's, you know, how it works. And here is where, uh, you know, you have to live within and this is kind of how you save and, you know, just simple, right. you know, concepts like that. Um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about really three concepts, just assets and liabilities and what the real difference is. Uh, income and expenses and what the real difference is there and then you know cash flow and mm-hmm. they're all intertwined and related so you know for example an asset is something that's supposed to put money in your pocket and a liability or yeah a liability is supposed to take money out of your pocket right well how do you really define that income and expenses is it bringing you income or is it bringing you expenses right, right. and that's just super simple and then that's what you know cash flow really is defined as mm-hmm. and so you know you can buy a house and you can live in it and that isn't that is a liability because it's pulling money out of your pocket so you got to pay the mortgage you got to pay the property taxes you got to pay the electric bill the gas bill all that stuff right so even an asset in your mind again the house operating as you know if you are living in it you know you do own the property so you, at the end of the day you're going to be able to sell it and make some money on it but mm-hmm. on a day-to-day you know, perspective. It's not really generating income for you. Yep, exactly. It's <laughs> it's a liability. It's just it's taking money out of your pocket. And, you know, limiting your buying power. It's still an important asset to have, right? I mean, totally. as, especially as a young person, um, owning owning real estate, owning property, um, still is a very very important part of of your overall wealth. Right. Building, and that's just a part of the journey of life. I mean, honestly. Yeah. You know, there's certain milestones that everyone's going to remember. I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of young people that are that are avoiding it, though. It's like they're almost. It um, seems like it. You know, they they're almost afraid to commit to it because they don't really want to be committed to it. Mm-hmm. So there's fear there, and I don't know. It, it commit right. So it's like kind of commitment kind of issue. There, they want to try this. They want to try that. It might take me to this state. It might take me over here. So I don't really want to put down roots, you know, roots anywhere. And that's that's not good. That's so what really asset do they do they get then? I mean, what asset yeah. do they gather, I guess? Well, I think that a lot of people, you know, we were talking about this too, you know, right when I, you know, first got paid from my first real estate deal, the first thing I did, I was like, oh my gosh, I want a new car. <laughs> Just want a new car, right? I want a new car. I want a new car. I want the new shiny thing, right? Yeah. Um, which is a natural reaction. Um, but, you know, again, it's an emotional driven decision. And so, you know, just personally, I've learned, okay, you have to like try and you have to do everything you can to just like push that away, you know, push the emotions away and just think logically for a second. Okay. This is the amount of money I have. If I just spend my money on this car, 
then I mean, this car isn't going to do anything for me other than make me look cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> and even if that, I mean, you know, that's that's what it's there to do. You know, I got a car that works just fine. It gets me from point A to point B. You know, and I'm driving quite a bit with the property management work, yeah. and so um, you know, it was kind of just one of those things where you know, young people they'll just go for it. Just yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, you know? And again, there's a time and a place to take a vacation. There's a time and a place to have fun. You know, for example, one of my closest friends is getting married in September of next year. Um, but he's going, we're going on a bachelor trip in, I want to say April, March, um, of next year as well. Mm -hmm. And we're probably going to be going to Florida. And so, you know, I'm not going to not spend my money on going to Florida for my, (laughs) one of my closest friends, bachelor trips, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, it's okay to do those things. Um, but I think it's important to, understand how emotions play into a young person's desires on that stuff. Like if you're, you know, an 18 year old, you know, kid, I remember when I was 18, wow, it sounds super cliche and funny to say that, um, as a 23 year old, but like when I was that young, I wanted such different things as a person. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well I'm building this thing. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then guess what? Two years from now, I'm going to want, I'm probably going to want different things. It's going to change. Yeah. Yeah, It's just going to change. It's going to evolve. And so, you know, getting away from that knee jerk reaction of emotion that says, I gotta have this car. I gotta have this. I gotta have that. And again, going on a spontaneous trip that, you know, costs you 500 bucks is not that, you know, crazy. But if you don't have the 500 bucks, it no. is a big deal. You yeah. Know? You gotta worry. Yep. You know, you gotta, uh, well weigh said. That. Well yeah. said. Well you gotta said. weigh that for sure. I just think that's something that young people fall into a trap of Absolutely. right now. Um, you know, hey, like, just, you know, experience your twenties and just do it all, you know, like, okay. Like I understand. I think that there's a time and a place to go and do those things. But at the same time, you got to weigh where you got to be realistic about where you're at and not where you think you're going to be like five years from now. I think I'm going to (laughs) be fine, you know, but right now I'm not, you know, I'm not drowning in money or anything, you know, I'm still working my butt off to try and, you know, get to that. Do you think that's a common mindset though? Like, like seriously for people in their early twenties to think that far ahead to say, what am I, what's this going to look like in five years or what am I going to look like at 10 years or like, I think people might think about it a little bit, but I don't think they really plan for it. Um, that's good. I had a, yeah, I had a mentor, um, Paul Vasallo. He actually played, uh, he played at university of Arizona, uh, football uh, a couple a while ago. Um, he's been a really awesome mentor of mine. I met him while I was at GCU. And the first meeting I ever had with him, he just sat me down. He's like, Chris, okay, so I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think, what does Chris have in 10 years? Where's Chris at in life? Is Chris married? Does Chris have kids? Is Chris living in a house? How big is the house? How many cars do you have? You know, is Chris do hmm. what's Chris doing with his time? What's Chris doing with his money? You know, what's what is who is Chris 10 years from now? You know, again, I was 21 at the time when I met him, 20 or 21. And so, you know, thinking to 30, you're like, what the heck? I never, I never had to think about that. I mean, that's great to think about what, you know, where you want to be in 10 years, but how are you going to get there? Right. Uh, What what are the dots that you're going to connect? One of my favorite um, quotes from this book, I think, I think Tom got it from, it was another author that he read and it was uh, somebody saying that, um, you know, 30, like nowadays we hear people, you know, 30 is the new 20. And he said, no, 30 is still 30. And you, you still need to start working towards towards improving yourself and creating the life and the career that you want in your 20s. Don't wait. Till, you cannot wait till you're 30. That's that's a bad, bad, bad way to look at it. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think that what, you know, that question brought to me was, okay, 
here are the goals and dreams. And then the next step, something that Robert Kiyosaki talks a lot about is you can't close your mind off and say, oh, well, I can't afford that. I can't do this. I can't do that. You have to ask yourself, how can I do it? That's the first step to financial freedom. That statement right there, changing it, changing your attitude, changes your mindset, changing your attitude from being on the, you know, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm going to be at. Or how can I achieve those really lofty goals? I mean, that's stuff that happened in cross country and track too. It was like, you know, how can I, I had crazy goals. I mean, I thought I was, you know, and, uh, and it was not about like, okay, well, I'm not there yet. So that's just, I'm just good. I'm good here, you know, but no, no, it's how can I get there? What's what are the steps I have to take? And then you, then, so you start at the end goal then you half it. Okay. So I want to be a 420 miler and I'm a 440 miler right now. Okay. Well, I got to get to 430 first. So to get to 430, here are the steps I got to take on an everyday basis. I got to run every day. I got to do strides. I got to do core. I got to, uh, you know, run workouts that are geared towards that pace. Okay. Then you get to the 430 and you go, okay, that's halfway there. Now we're going to get to that 420 Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same process, you know? And so I think just simple, I mean, again, simple goal setting, you know, for young individuals and flipping the mindset of, Hey, I'm just here. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm going to be. I'm in poverty. I can't make money. I'm working a you know minimum wage job again. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's one mindset. And then just flipping it to saying, how can I achieve all these things that I want to achieve? Yeah. And it opens your mind to the creative thinking of saying, well, there's this option, there's this option, there's that option. Okay. Let's see if I can try some stuff. Right. And then you get into, you know, you know, taking risks and you know i think the young people in their 20s should be taking quite a lot of risk but yeah it starts with the mindset that's that's you know there's there's um a good amount of time that that tom's in in his book solid ground spends on this this idea that it really does start with mindset and um i don't know who said this but you know mindset leads to thoughts thought leads to actions actions lead to destiny right so if you have a bad mindset it's going to lead you to a to a you know a non unfulfilled destiny but if you start with the right mindset you'll 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 get there big time for sure yeah totally agree you know people that tell themselves you know whether you say you can or you can't you're probably right (laughs) that's Um, right i'm sure you've heard that before yeah you know i love this conversation i mean we can keep talking for a long time i'm certain we're going to have you back on the show chris but this has been a great conversation we really appreciate you taking the time to come down here uh for our listeners who are thinking about investing in vacation rentals or own a vacation rental please please look up uh, Rebel Rentals and, and Stay Sunye Realty. They're they're really awesome and do a great job and and I uh, can't say enough about them. And Chris, I actually want to leave you with a copy of, of T.L. Lewis's book because I think oh, wow. I think you have uh, a great message to tell the younger audience about about um, about mindset, about um, trying to get as many different experiences as you can, meeting the right people, learning from the right people, and and growing as a person as a result. So, well, so. yeah, thank you guys so much for both having me, Brian and Jay. You guys are awesome. Uh, um, I, we could talk you. for hours, man. Oh my god, I think gosh. so too. <laughs> Seriously, um, but you know, it was an absolute honor and a blessing um, to be able to be a part of your guys' podcast and be a guest. So, thank you guys. Well, you bet. Thanks for You're being welcome. here. Welcome. Thank you. Of course.